First of all, let me join everybody in thanking all of you for being here and for your constant support and for Ripon, old habits die hard. And um, for, again, for just the support of, of what this organization has meant to me when I was a member of Congress, since I've left Congress. Um, and, and I think if it was ever important, it's most important today as we make sure that when we talk about messaging and the way people perceive the Republican Party as we once again get poised to take the mantle of leadership in this town, that there is an organization like Rapan and all of you that are out there helping to provide the echo chamber. Um, and we had a great victory in our house. You know, Shelley Moore talked a little bit about family, and obviously, you know, our family's a little steeped in it. Um, my dad was a member of Congress. I was a member of Congress. My husband was a member of Congress. Uh, but you never know which way your kids are going to go, right? Um, and so I'd just like to make a proud announcement. Um, my uh, daughter is very good friends with Mr. Hellman's daughter. And I think we can say that, you know, they both have, have um, graduated eighth grade. Um, they're in high school now at St. Stephen, St. Agnes, and they're doing well. But the real sign of success is that they both joined the Young Republican Club. <laughs> <laughs> Which in Northern Virginia is no small feat. <laughs> so my work is done here. And I'm now in the Republican Party. Um, it, let me just uh, say, <coughs> I have a couple thoughts, and I, and I think these are all the thoughts that, that we constantly talk about, and it goes to Rick Kessler's point, which I think is always the biggest challenge for the Republican Party. It was, again, to those of you who were not born when I was elected, you know, in 1990 when Deb Price was there, um, when, when Tory was out there being spokesperson for the war efforts, um, you know, when, when Mary Peters is appointed Secretary of Transportation, when C.M.J. O'Connor is the first female appointed to the U.S. Supreme Court, it somehow gets minimized. Uh, because of the echo chamber of the media, that the Republicans are making these very important uh, milestones with, with women. And, and it's not because they have quotas to fill, but because they have been given opportunities and that we have been on that track. So I do think that we are now at a point, and, I, and we always say that, it's, it's a very historic point, but I really do think we are at that moment in history. To the point that Maria made about the amazing number of women who are running for office, some who will win and some who will not, but some who have really made a great name for themselves in the Republican Party by virtue of the races that they ran. Um, I think that we are in a position to continue to talk about women and the Republican Party and we should not shy away from it. I think it is important and vital to the election of the next president of the United States, that as we get through this next election in 27 days, 26 days, um, that the next thing we do is to wake up and talk about that. I'm just going to throw out a couple numbers, because they're not numbers that ever change. But I think it does belie the point that Rick was making, which is why it is so important that the message of what we are doing to promote women, to get women involved in the Republican Party, and women leading the Republican Party. Um, first of all, I'm just going through um, obviously, we all know women elected President Obama. We've all heard these numbers before, but let's just take a quick refresher. 40, for men, 49% voted for Obama, 48% voted for McCain. So it wasn't quite a landslide there, right? But for females, it was 56 for President Obama, 43 for Senator McCain. So that's where the amazing edge came in. Some of it was young people, but majority of it was females. 53% of the electorate is our women, and that's a number that continues to grow every year. So we can't ignore the fact that women are the majority voters, and that they have, in the last election at least, gone for uh, President Obama. Now the difference is married versus unmarried. So the good news is that when we break that down, the married women 
um, have a tendency to do to come a little bit closer to the Republican Party. I think the last number I saw was that you know we lose them by maybe four percentage points. The other news, however, though, is the trend is that women are not getting married till later and not starting their families till later, and their voting change patterns then don't change till later. So we can't just sit back and say, well, it's okay. Once women get married and have families, they're going to be Republicans because we have these presidential elections and elections for Congress that could be historic that are happening in the meantime and we're not capturing that vote. So we need to just make sure that we keep our, eye, our eyes on this. Now, this can happen. And I'm going to go to the state of Ohio, a number that I just saw. It doesn't surprise any of us who served with John Kasich. John Kasich does have a gender gap. And this is one of the things we have to straighten out with the media, because he does have a gender gap. But John Kasich is even with his opponent on women. He just gets polls 10 points higher with men. But to have a Republican candidate for governor poll evenly with women shows that it can be done. Because what John is now talking about is what he's always talking about. Fiscal responsibility, reducing the deficit, not balancing the budget uh, on the backs of our children. So, so we can do better. Now let me just close with, with one thing. Um, and I'm sorry, these are just kind of overall points. But this time around, we're probably going to be OK. I was actually reading a memo by Stan Greenberg who said because of the fact that taking that we lose women, single, younger women in the workforce, they are the ones that are hardest hit by the recession. And so their polling has shown that they likely will be less energized than they have been in the past, and particularly during the uh, presidential uh, race. So what we're dealing with now is, is probably almost an even playing field. But what I would suggest, and why I'm so delighted to be here, because it shows me that Ripon and Jim and all of you in the room and the speaker, by virtue of the fact that, that he made it here at a time when he, you know, he knew he wasn't going to get any of us to write any more checks, <laughs> unless he's still waiting outside the door, which could be, that the women's vote is going to be very critical as, as we wrap up this next election and the Republicans take the mantle of leadership and people are watching. The issues that we talk about, the way we talk about these issues, the candidates that we put forth, the people that, that Speaker, uh, Speaker Boehner and others in Republican Party leadership decide to showcase and put out there will be very important to the perception that younger women coming up through the ranks. Um, you know, the, the point is that not everybody's got moms and dads like uh, Susan and Natalie Hellman to say that there's a place for smart young women in the Republican Party. And we want to make sure that we don't continue to give that up, that we make sure that they understand that when it comes to, you know, building small businesses and, and keeping their taxes and making decisions that are right for them, uh, the government is going to be there to help them but not to get in their way, that that's a message that should resonate with the young women and men of this country. Um, and I do think that, uh, you know, this November is when we have to really enforce that message and have a very strict message because we do have we're doing it all right, um, but we do let the media um, change the message and because they don't want to. And so it's, it's up to us to make sure that we are the sort of echo chamber to make sure that we don't lose them again so that uh, it'll play a very important role in this next presidential election. So that's kind of all I have. Thank you. Um, talk about being minimalized. You know, it's sort of a theme that's developed since Rick brought that up. And I was talking to Kathy Abernathy while we were, uh, we were hearing John Boehner. Uh, you know, uh, Stephanopoulos is saying, you know, there's going to be a reduction of women in Congress. I mean, come on. He, he's just counting Democrat women. If you think about it, um, we have the, the best team of women candidates, um, and UPAC is 
supporting them all and all of you. Uh, UPAC does uh, stand for value in electing women and Maria and I have been, um, and Susan has been involved. Uh, many of you in this room have been, have been involved, so thank you, but this year we're really uh, having a huge impact because we can fully fund a lot of these candidates and so anyway, a value in electing women. But think about it. Um, I was elected in what the press really called proudly the year of the woman. It was in 1992. You might remember, uh, I think that there were maybe 25 women elected, well only three of them were Republicans. It was me, Tilly Fowler, and Jennifer Dunn. And I'm the only one left. And so uh, the year of the woman uh, was such a big deal then because all these Democrats came uh, washing into Washington with, uh, with uh, three of us Republicans. And so let's see what they call it this year when we have so many Republicans elected because we are going to have so many Republicans elected. And look at these women that we're going to elect. I mean, they're no shrinking violets either. We are going to know these women are going to be household names. Uh, you know, they're no Patty Murrays by any stretch of the imagination. These women are strong and willful and they will have a presence and they will make that presence known and it will be uh, terrific to watch them. The, you know, the um, Hillary Clinton, uh, Palin, Pelosi, you know, that was the first wave and we're going to see a lot more women. And I was really glad that John Boehner had the question of how is he going to showcase, how is he going to be front and center, because he needs to give that some thought. The leadership team, I think, needs to really have uh, women in, in the forefront talking and being the policy makers and chairing the committees and uh, doing some of the oversight that needs done and being the players that uh, uh, we have the talent to be. And I think that our, our new speaker will will make that happen. <laughs> but I have had fabulous, fabulous jobs. And I was thinking about this and traded emails to Jim about what, what you wanted us to do. And this is in the random thought category. And I was thinking what connected all of those wonderful things? And for me, what connected all those wonderful things? It's incredible people. And I think partly for me this has been luck, a lot of it is luck, partly it has been by choice. I have been in so many different places where I was completely clueless about the topic at hand that I would base where I went and what I did on what kind of people am I going to be hanging out with and how am I going to spend some time. So in 1982 when we were three, Maria and I had an incredible, incredible experience working on the most doomed campaign of all time. Um, I've trusted my gut. Uh, way back when, I had never been west of the Mississippi, but I went to work with this guy named John McCain that nobody had heard of. Fabulous friends from, from those days. Um, the U.S. Trade Representative. I had absolutely no idea what trade was, what the Uruguay Round was, but I went to work with this fabulous person named Carla Hills who taught me the most incredible lessons about life and family and organization. And years later when I went to work for the Pentagon, people who were just not quite sure how to deal with the whole Rumsfeld thing, I say, oh my God, how can you work for Don Rumsfeld? I said, I work for Carla Hills. This is easy. <laughs> um, let me switch to, to the topic at hand, which is about what's going to happen 25, 26 days from now, whenever it is. What I loved hearing from hopefully the new leader was not talking about the election and what happens on election day, but he was talking about what's going to happen afterwards. And I travel a lot because I try to get out of this town as often as possible and talk to the, you know, the real people out there and get back to Pittsburgh. And what I hear is they don't want change for change's sake. They want change because they want people to do things differently. And I think it's a very, very real and very strong appeal 
we do want a smaller, smarter government. We do want the taxes to stop crushing us. We do want smart, logical, long-term thinking on national security. And I hear plenty of people out there saying, you know, I, at this point, I don't care if it's a Republican or Democrat. I want someone who will truly do things differently. So I hope, and I take a lot of hope from what we heard this morning, that we will not just be taking over more seats. Great. We will be doing things very, very differently. And that is really, really encouraging what I heard, and I hope Maria has a very big role in it, because then I have more confidence all of that will actually happen. But let me give you my final piece of advice for the, the younger people in this room, um, and that is to ask really good questions. As you decide what you're going to do in the months and years ahead, ask really, really good questions, because I will never forget when I interviewed for that doomed campaign. Unbelievable, we actually had to go through interviews. When I interviewed for that unbelievable <laughs> campaign, <laughs> it was with a wonderful guy, and I won't name him, because he's a really, really sweet guy. Um, and he's interviewing me, I think it was in this building, as a matter of fact. And um, he asked me, I was going to be the press secretary, and he says to me, on top of it, he goes, okay, do you have any skeletons in your closet? And I swear to God, I looked at him, I said, I'm 12, how many skeletons in your closet? No. And I, then I'm kind of ticked off. And I said, how about you? And he just kind of laughed. He said, oh, you've been around as long as I have. You know, people will be mad at you. No, 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 no problem. I think on day two, when we got to Kansas, we found out this gentleman, and he was sweet, who had previously been the, um, the head of the house in the Kansas legislature, had somehow the man in the course of a few years to miss 800 roll call votes. It kind of, that was a number that came back to haunt us again. So ask really good questions and ask follow up questions. <laughs> thank you to Jim, thank you to the Rippon folks, thank you to everybody for letting me be a part of this.